NCAA tournament as an at-large team? What? Blaine Fowler discusses BYU's NCAA tourney hopes and the matchup with San Francisco Thursday night. Plus, BYU women's hoops coach Jeff Judkins back in studio how his team has multiple streaks of awesomeness in motion. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, February 9th, wherever and however you are dialed in, always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who once ate 27 mini oranges in under 10 minutes, Jerem Jordan. Otherwise known as Mandarin Oranges? Is that what? Cuties? Or Cuties. Cuties? I noticed the other day at the grocery store that there's a cutie orange juice. That doesn't sound good at all to me, though. It really doesn't. There's a cutie orange juice? Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. Does How much of a seller that? is that? They're not a sponsor on the show, so I can say this. <laughs> but maybe they will be. I, need, I, I actually might want to drink it in the future. Granted, cuties are one of my go-to breakfast foods. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Because they're easy to peel. It's too healthy for me. That's too healthy for yeah, you? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'd rather consume something Okay, well, what's, what's your go-to breakfast food? You know, I eat it every day in our pre-production meeting. Tell me. Yogurt? Yogurt. Uh, and recently I've changed. Used, uh, used to be. It used to be Pop-Tarts. Yeah, Pop-Tart, which is not healthy at all. Yogurt's healthy? Now, what do you mean? So you're saying... Yeah, yogurt is. The you're, Pop-Tart's not. You're saying not. that oranges are too healthy, but yogurt is not too healthy? Yeah, it's like a real fruit. Like, it'll help me, it'll help me a lot more. I, I don't want that. I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. Now it's granola bars. Granola bars. Yeah. Are they the fudge-dipped ones, though, or just straight Mm -hmm. up? Sure, yeah. Flavor. Flavor. Chocolate. Chocolate Chocolate-dipped granola bars? Yeah. What's the best go-to? Let me know when we start the show. What's the best breakfast food in the morning when you're in a hurry? Use hashtag BYUSN. Is it a Pop-Tart? Is it a chocolate-dipped granola bar? I would rather have a sausage burrito from one Mickey D's. I've got my my protein bar here. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I Doing a lot of good in that package. Why don't you eat it on the air I'm today? not going to eat it on the air. Eat it on the air. No. Why not? Mix it up, man. It's February 9th. Whatever, dude. <laughs> what, is that, oh. what, are you going to get fired for eating the granola bar on the air? No. But who, eats, who eats a protein granola bar during the live show? Why not? Why not? Who does that? It's not live at 6th uh, Eastern. I might take a bite or two during a commercial break. Okay. Is that, is, is that okay yeah, with yeah. you? Yeah, come back with like crumbly. On your uh, hey, you know, really just nice go get your cutie orange juice, okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> just go get it. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. What are we talking about? Lexi Rydalch <laughs> is what we're talking about. She's the women's basketball West Coast Conference Player of the Week again, after averaging 29 points a game in her last two wins. The Cougars are currently four spots out of the AP Top 25, and a seven seed in ESPN's Bracketology mm. head coach Jeff Judkins. Joins us later in show. Are you cool with the seventh seed and being forced four out of the top twenty-five? You were right about the single-digit seed. You just didn't know what sport it was. BYU football signing Caden Haas will play a year before his mission. He is a center and could provide some depth to the BYU offensive line. Also, BYU's number forty-three in ESPN's preseason football power index. Oh, David Dixon's number forty-three. The men's volleyball team stays right at number three in the AVCA coaches poll. Jerem, uh, by the way, you voted in the off-the-block poll because you're a big deal. Where'd you have the Cougars oh in the gosh. media poll? Only one of those things is true. That um, you're a big deal? No. Oh. You help me with this. I appreciate that every week. We break it down. Uh, I kept BYU at number three as well. 
So there's a coaches poll, and then there's off the block media poll. Who's your number one today. team, though? Because UCLA lost. I kept UCLA at number one, and then Long Beach State. Okay? Wow. So BYU, BYU hits the road this week and plays uh, Princeton and the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Hey, Jimmer Fredette and the Dubnicks Jimmer! are already in action this morning against the Iowa Energy. Let's get an update on that. All right, Jerem. In the second quarter, the Dubnicks lead the Iowa Energy 28-27. Jimmer Fredette, four points on one of three shooting. Attaboy, Jimmer. Okay. okay. Start. Back to you. Good start. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the show, we are going to update uh, Jameer Frederet, uh in action right now. Jimmer is playing right now. Yeah. That's so weird that they play so early. The D-League has I, I'm games. I'm happy. It's during our show in the morning. It's great. Is that game in New York or in, in Iowa? Because if it's in Iowa, it would be like 10.30 in the Does morning, Does it even right? matter where it is? It, it is started. in Iowa. It is ba- Back wow. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase, by the way. Back to you. Back to me. No one says back to me. They just say back to you. So once Ben's done, that, should I say back to me? When did that become a thing too? Like I don't in, know. In broadcasting. Oh, there's so many. Back to you. There's so many weird things in broadcasting. That back we, to who? <laughs> who is you? <laughs> Why are we saying back? Like, do you control the flow? The audience is involved as well. Yeah. Don't you have to say like the name? Back to me, Jerem. I, I don't know. There's so, yeah. There's so many stuff in broadcasting that we like to make fun of on the show. And that's the news. Yeah, why is there? Yeah, we don't have time for this. Exactly. Anybody got time for this? It's time to rise and shout because it's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tourney train destruction or restoration? You know, I think we need to realize it's not the end of the season. It's not, I mean, it's a devastating loss. It hurts. I know it hurts everyone in that locker room. It's tough, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, we still have, you know, some games to play, and there's some stuff that could happen in this conference. We played this bite for you from Chase Fisher yesterday, and we wanted to bring it back again because he may be on to something there. If we have learned anything from the recent past and we BYU don't learn anything basketball, from the, recent past. the Cougars tend to pull some rabbits out of the hat. Jerem knows better than anybody. He had to shave his head last year when BYU won at Gonzaga. They did the impossible, and that got them in the NCAA tournament. This team generally gets hot late in the season and makes a run as an at-large team at the NCAA tournament. But after Saturday's home loss to Pacific, one of the most crushing losses in the Dave Rose era, Jerem, you called it probably the worst no, loss. The worst, the worst the loss worst in the Dave, in Dave Rose era. Yep. A lot of you, via Twitter and other social media, were claiming that BYU's only shot to get in the NCAA tournament is by winning the West Coast Conference Championship in Vegas. Three games in four days. That's it. There's no other hope. It's pretty accurate because team rankings gives BYU a 4% at-large chance. So you're hanging on to 4% hope. Ah, but there is a 4% at-large chance. That's just not a high chance. That's not a high chance. Here's my opinion on this, which... uh, is today's Twitter question. Let's get to it. How would you best describe BYU's NCAA tourney chances? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Okay, first tweet, at Sir underscore Punserat. BYU is a lock for an at-large. Yeah! What? Uh, RPI what? of 12 with one conference loss. You were asking about the women, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate a good snarky tweet. Okay. Yes, yeah, a seven seed right now in ESPN Bracketology. Use the hashtag BYUSN to weigh in on this. Uh, I think that BYU uh, is... More than likely out. If they lose one more regular season game in the next six, at-large gone. But it's right, it's right there, right? If BYU goes 6-0 in the back six, including win over Gonzaga, and they got to Tuesday night somehow, 
Eight and zero, and this is crazy talk after the, losing to Pacific, right? BYU is capable of anything: beating Gonzaga on the road, losing to Pacific at home. Then BYU would have a shot at the NCAA tournament because TeamRankings.com, which we have used as a metric to follow this year, has increased BYU's chances steadily if they get twenty-five wins. Winning eight in a row, crazy talk. I know. I'm just saying, winning eight in a row would yield twenty-five wins. Another win over Gonzaga. Another probably win over Gonzaga or St. Mary's in the semis. And then you go to the finals with 25 wins. Is it crazy talk, though? 65% yes. chance. That's amazing. 25 if wins, you go 65%. From here on out. But now, is now that crazy? That, now, that is the challenge. But is that crazy? Yes, because you just lost to Pacific at home. Guess and you what? lost to Portland, what, two weeks before? Okay, let's look at last year, shall we? How many games BYU in a row? doesn't have a top 10 RPI team sitting there at the end of the calendar. And guess what? Gonzaga's not the number two team in the country like they were last year either. Yes, exactly. So BYU can't get this unbelievable win at the end. They can get a couple good wins and get hot. Sure, yeah. It's not going to be the launch you kind of They've, win. But they'll have more wins. They had one top 50 RPI win last year. One! Now, here's and it what, happened the last day of the regular season? Here's what could happen. If BYU gets hot in the end, okay? We're, we're talking best case. What, what's BYU? Hold on. Before I discuss best case, let's discuss reality. BYU is an NIT team that needs to change their fate by winning at the end of the season, getting hot, and getting two more good wins, and then put themselves in a potential datenable position. Which okay? they've done the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> Could, well, well, here's the thing. BYU hasn't had a loss like Pacific the last year. Yes, they that, have. They lost is, at San Diego last year, Jared. Terrible they loss. lost at San Diego okay. in late January. Three 200-plus RPI losses. That is really bad. It's one thing to lose to Pepperdine. Everyone thinks that Pepperdine is a bad loss. That's not a bad loss. They're, what, 116 in the RPI? It's a loss. It's not bad, though. Bad is 200-plus. I'll give you the, the where three. Where the committee goes, whoa, what happened? three look bad. One, two, three of those? But... But what if BYU can beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference or Gonzaga again in the West Coast Conference tournament in the semis? Yeah. Then all if, of a sudden... If, if that happens... and they, that's They've got more good wins if. than bad losses. Yeah. That's a huge if, right? Absolutely. Like, what if is a phrase a that I don't if, like a lot. A bigger if than winning at Gonzaga last year? Yeah. And that was what? The second best, maybe best win in BYU history? Okay, so that's crazy talk. Exactly, right? but it's so I'm saying last year it was more unlikely for them to do what they did than this year. Yeah, so are you saying they're going to do it? What are you saying? What I'm saying is people that are saying it's West Coast Conference Tournament Championship or bust are being very narrow-minded. You need to see the big picture here, the no, opportunity. The, narrow, the narrowness is there. The narrow is they can't lose again. That's how narrow it Some is. Some people think it doesn't even matter. Yeah. A lot the, of people think no, it doesn't even matter. I yeah, I believe that if BYU somehow crazily miracle wildness, however you want to describe that, if BYU wins eight in a row and gets to tournament uh, title Tuesday with twenty five wins, I see a sixty five percent chance of getting in according to team rankings. Guess which, what? Which is crazy with a capital C. The committee loves teams that get on a roll late in the season. If BYU did what they do last, or can do what they did last year. And win eight consecutive games. I'm more inclined to say that BYU could win three in Vegas than they could win. I'm the not going to disagree that six. I right? am not going to disagree that. But what I'm saying is, the last three out of four years, BYU has done this. They have found a way to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they have found a way by beating yeah. the odds. 
The odds are less in their favor this time than the other times to me where they couldn't afford a single loss down the stretch. To me, they, they had like a loss in there they could have or not, right? Because they went 8-2 and two down the back 10. Now we're saying that BYU needs to go 9-1 and one Correct. and win two in Vegas. So the, the odds are less in BYU's favor because they went 8-2, and two, so they lost two games, not one, and then they have to get to Tuesday night. They have to. BYU has to win eight in a row, which they did last year, with a win against the number two ranked team in the country in Spokane. I just don't think that it's BYU's chances to do that this year are better than that they were last year because Gonzaga is not who they were. BYU has Gonzaga I in feel you on that. Yeah, it's just discouraging because we're coming off of watching BYU lose uh, the worst game of the season. It's worst loss of the season. So I, I, can get the, I can relate to the negative energy there because it's the worst. After BYU beat Gonzaga on the road, there was a lot of positive energy like, oh, BYU could win the league. BYU, that was the reaction, right? And that was fair at the time. Now, now the fair reaction is, okay, BYU is an NIT team unless they change something. Which they've done the last that's, two years. That's accurate. Yes. If BYU doesn't change a thing, they're going to the NIT. NIT. Yes, absolutely that's fair. But they have beaten the odds, so why not do it again? This team has done it. Chase Fisher, done it. Kyle Collinsworth, done it. I guarantee they're like, saying they can. hey, remember how we were down and out last year? Well, let's go do it again. Nobody believes I'm, in us. Let's just, do it again. I'm just tired of being in this situation for BYU hoops where backs against the wall, have to make a run. Get what, what, why does it have to be that way? Uh, three of the last four years to where you have to make... Why do you have to make this run at the end? Why can't you avoid losing to Pacific at home? Why can't you avoid losing to Portland on the road? Then you're not in this situation. Then you're in bracketology. Then you're figuring out seating. Yes, in a perfect that's world. A lot, in no, a perfect that's world, not they, perfect. That should hopefully be normal. Perfect world is BYU's only lost like three games. They don't uh, get down 20 against Utah and Colorado on the road. They don't lose to Long Beach State. They don't lose to Harvard. You know what I mean? There's Just find too a many way. of those have piled Just up. Just find a way. That's where I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't care. I'm tired of the care. back against the wall. Like, don't get your back against the wall. Like, if get they, out if of there. If they play better that way, who yeah. cares? Who cares? Okay, but you know what? We do need to be fair to where BYU is right this very second in terms of rankings, and that starts with RPI. It's the Daily RPI Watch on BYU Sports Nation. Good news, Jerem. The Cougars are up one spot. Oh, boy. From 77 to 76. <sighs> Got to get into the top 50 for an at-large chance. 17 and 8 overall. Six games left in the regular season, depending on what they do in Vegas. One to three games. BYU has some good wins. St. Mary's. Gonzaga. In Spokane. And we think that Gonzaga will be an RPI top 50 team when all is said and done because they play SMU and they still play St. Mary's yeah. and they still play BYU. St. Mary's could too. So in, in the end, if BYU beats Gonzaga in the regular season and then let's say BYU, let's say Gonzaga wins the league in St. Mary's, BYU could have two more good wins by the end of the season. Just have more good wins than bad losses. And there are there. They are there. We talked about them, the three of them. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine Fowler, does he think the Cougars have any shot as an at-large team? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. How many of you really think... 
that BYU still has a shot to be an at-large NCAA tournament team. I, I still think they have a shot. I just I just think they've really got to put it together and, and fix some things. That Pacific loss derailed uh, a lot of where BYU is going. They have a shot. They still have a shot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, hey, Thursday night, doubleheader as BYU women's hoops host San Francisco uh, in the Merritt Center, 8 Eastern time. The men at 10 Eastern time are in San Francisco at War Memorial Stadium, home of the two-time NCAA champions, the San Francisco Dons, led by Bill Russell back in the day. <laughs> they announced that every time. Who, by the way, played in the Smithfield House against BYU. Yes, he did. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so doubleheader Thursday night. BYU has to win that game in the men's to keep their tourney chances alive. Twitter question today. How would you best describe BYU's NCAA tournament chances? At JLS9 says, just like my plans for Valentine's Day. Non-existent. Automatic qualifying (laughs) bid from the West Coast Conference Tournament, or it's off to the NIT. At HeatherDJ98 says, my heart says 100% in. My mind says not likely. It all depends on Vegas. Well, double-folded, or, you know, two-fold there. Uh, BYU has to get to Tuesday night at least. Correct. But if if they lose in the regular season, they're going to have to win the tournament, in my opinion. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is BYU TV dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. It is all about basketball today, Blaine. And I want to remind you, my friend, over the last two years, I think I may have been the lone flag bearer for this BYU basketball team saying they've still got a shot to get in the NCAA tournament as an at-large <laughs> team. And here we are again, people saying, you're crazy, Spencer. How can you possibly think that? But... If BYU can win eight in a row, like they did last year, against a conference that wasn't as good last year, or sorry, was better last year because they had Gonzaga, then just maybe. I don't know, Blaine, am I insane to think that BYU has an at-large opportunity still? I I feel like the Dumb and Dumber movie, like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. (laughs) So, So there's this, like, what would you say the chances of a guy like me one in a million? Oh, I'd say more like, what did he say, one in a thousand? I think like more one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> That's you, Spencer. So, so, here, so here's Spencer. Spencer is a Jim Carrey is what he is right now. But better teeth. No, so yeah, and way better teeth and a better haircut, I might add. But let's, let's admit it. Spencer's a handsome man, and Jim Carrey in that movie wow. made the... Made himself not handsome, so I could say it. I'm man enough to say. Hey, Spencer's thank you, Blaine. Thank you. So, so here, here's the deal, Spencer. There is a chance if they if they've got six regular season games left. The problem is the only decent RPI game left is is Gonzaga, and they get them at home, um, and then they go into the tournament. And and what you're saying, Spencer, is if they if they win out and get to the tournament finals, so they win eight in a row. Is there a chance? You're not crazy. There's a chance. It's a big long shot now because their losses were bad RPI losses. So, so their, their bad losses, Pacific and Portland, um, outweigh their good wins, their St. Mary's and their Gonzaga wins. But if they win eight in a row, that means they're going to get a win against Gonzaga, which is a good win on a national scale, even though Gonzaga's RPI is not what it has been. But climbing. Last time I looked, last time I looked they were around 60. But they're, they're climbing, so that could look good in the long run. St. Mary's is a team with some national respect, even though they're RPI. They, they were in the low 50s last time I looked yesterday. 52 is where they were yesterday. Um, it's a really good basketball team. So if they, if they win an eight in a row, that means they're going to get a win over Gonzaga in the regular season. And either St. Mary's or Gonzaga in the tournament, 
And if they were to lose to one of those two in the tournament finals, it's still a long shot, but there is a chance, Spencer. I, th- I think you're right. There's still a chance. Um, if they want to remove all doubt, they just go and win the tournament. And you know what? I feel like this year they have as good a chance or maybe a better chance to win that tournament than any year in the past. And, and that's just because Gonzaga doesn't have the guard play that they've had in past years. There's no Bell. There's, there's no Pangos at that guard line. And Karnowski's out. And so they're not invincible going to the tournament. Going to the tournament past years, you go, wow, it's a long shot for BYU to beat the Zags in the tournament final. I think St. Mary's, I really, really like that team because I think they're balanced and they're plug-and-play and they're really smart, but they're young. And I wonder in the tournament, do they get a little bit shell-shocked like they did in the second half of the game in the Marriott Center? Uh, so to me, BYU absolutely has a chance to win that tournament because they've already proven they can beat any team in this league on any given night. Consistency's been the problem. If they can find three days in a row, I think their best shot to get in the tournament is to, is to win the WCC tournament, and that's not that crazy an idea. If BYU wants to get uh, into the NCAA tournament in a non-automatic situation at large, in my opinion, they have to win the six remaining regular season games and get to Tuesday night. Do you share that opinion? Absolutely. And then, and then it's still a long shot. It's still a long shot. Um, it, just because when you lose the number 249 and 246, especially 246 on the road late in the season, I'm talking about RPI of Pacific, of course, um, and Gonzaga's just not as high. In the past, if you had a couple of wins against Gonzaga and they were a top-10 RPI team, that alone got you into the tournament. Did last year. But, yeah, but, but they're, Gonzaga's not what they were in terms of national um, uh, power rating and all those kinds of things. And so I think that you've got a chance at 25 wins. Um, absolutely, Jeremy, you have a chance. But it's still a long shot. Your only sure thing is to win that tournament at this point. So what does BYU need to do? to win the final six regular season games? Like, what changes need to be made so a Portland and a Pacific don't happen? Well, first of all, they have to beat San Francisco uh, on the road this week. That's a really, really important game. It's a little bit of a scary matchup. Um, but from a, from a concept of what they need to do, they need to get Celius healthy, um, and they need to play with some consistency. It's okay for one of the guards to be off. So it's okay for Emery to have an off night. It's okay for Fisher to have an off night. But it's not okay for him to have an off night on the same night. And, and they've had that a couple of times. And so you just say unfortunate timing because you know, what's the chance that both guys are going to struggle? Um, and what they found kind of in the, in the last month was that Celius could be a good guy to offset that, and then unfortunately he gets hurt. So they need a healthy Celius, and I think you're going to get that, especially going into the tournament. And you need – to have only one of those guys have an off night at a time. If only one's having an off night, they can beat anybody in this league. With one guy missing, they can beat anybody in this league. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst. You can listen to Blaine and watch him on BYU TV when the Cougars take on the Dons of San Francisco on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Excuse me, 10 p.m. Eastern time, 8 Mountain time, right here on BYU TV. Blaine, straight up, will BYU make the NCAA tournament? I, I actually think they're going to win the WCC tournament. Is that just a dream? or I, I just feel like they've got a really good shot to win that tournament. And if they do, then they're in the NCAA tournament. And we don't even, we don't even wait till, to hear what the, the matchups are and the seedings are because they win the automatic bid. That's the way I think they get in. 
We've uh, we've been big picture. Let's hone in on uh, what's going on with this team right now. Um, you talked about the consistency from the guard line. What else do you think needs to improve for BYU to be able to make a run here at the end? They, they've got to get a mindset that they're going to defend um, and consistently defend. We know that they're capable. On the road, uh, up in Spokane against Gonzaga in a really, really tough environment, they didn't make shots, but they really toughed it out and played good defense. Their rotations were on time. They were consistent. They were they they funneled guys to the shot blockers. Kafusi played fantastic. Um, they made free throws when they had to make free throws. So, so I think the first thing is they've, they've got to get a toughness mindset that hey, it's and, and it's not going to be hard to get this mindset. Hey, it's us against the world. We've got to we've got to win everything down the stretch. Everything is like a tournament game, and because of that. We have to give an effort on defense uh, like we did at Gonzaga every single night down the stretch. But you can do that. Defense is a mindset. You don't have to make shots to play great defense. You just have to give effort and be smart. I think they can do that. They've got to do that. And then they've got to start out. They've got to get the thing back on the rails with a win in San Francisco. And they're a tough team. I, I can tell you this. Um, San Francisco feels like if they play the game exactly the same way they did in Pro Bowl, they'll win in San Francisco. Yeah. So, so BYU's got to be better defensively. Devin Watson went to the free throw line 15 times in that game. He's so hard to stay in front of. He has 25 points. The problem is he's so good with the ball in his hands, and they've got so many guys. I mean, think about it. Dirksen, Boyce, Foster, Renford, Renfro. Um, I'm trying to think. Ofebu. Um, who else do they have out there that can knock down threes? Oh, Georgievic can. I mean, they have so many guys that can hit threes that if you can't get your rotations down and get in front of Devin Watson, then he either gets to the free throw line or he kicks it out and there's guys knocking down threes. Remember, they won 102-92 at home, BYU did against this team. I mean, I really believe that that team thinks, hey, we don't even have to change our game plan. We play like we did in Provo and they don't have the advantage of the home floor. We will win in a shootout. So BYU right off the bat, has to get a defensive mindset and decide that they're going to shut teams down and get some stops. That's what has to happen. That's the biggest mindset change that has to happen down the stretch. They need to get better defensively. For the record, BYU has never lost against San Francisco while they have been a member of the West Coast Conference. Four road. road wins by one, four, seven, and last year the Cougars won by 31 on the road. So that's the aberration. We throw that out. What is it about that gym and that team that makes it so tough to win for BYU, that makes it a close game? It's because San Francisco wants to play at the same place that BYU does. So most times teams come in and they tell you, oh, I can tell you, just, just the other day when, when, when we were talking to uh, the staff for Pacific, you know, they were talking about Burns was saying, boy, we just really need to be able to control the tempo. And if you remember in that game, BYU played at their tempo for the first eight or ten minutes. And then for the rest of that game, it got slowed down. It became a half-court game. That was at Pacific's um, pace. It's hard to make a team play at your tempo. So San Francisco is unique in that they go, hey, this is exactly what we want to do. Yep, we want to get up and down the floor. We want to, go, we want to run. We want to shoot threes in transition just like BYU does. So, so it can become a shootout game. So San Francisco is not playing uh, at an uncomfortable pace for them. They want it. And they're going to make more sh- shots at home than they do on the road. And so that it presents a unique challenge. It's one of the few teams that BYU plays that goes, hey, we love this. Yep, 100-point game, fine with us. So, so BYU's got to then say, okay, then we got to get back in transition and defend. we got to cut off the dribble drive. we got to find the shooters. 
they're saying the things that teams usually say when they're coming in to play BYU. That, that's why San Francisco is such a tough matchup. And that's interesting because you can only expand so much energy and emphasis in certain places. I don't think that you can run, 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 and then run on defense uh, to get back. So where do, you, where do you give and where do you take there? It, it's, real, it's hard. Jeremy, you've hit it right on the head. People say to me, why isn't BYU better defensively? Well, because they win games. I mean, this is a philosophy, and they win a ton of games, and they go to the NCAA tournament every year um, with the philosophy that they're going to get up and down the floor. They're going to be fun to watch. I love it. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Would you rather watch that, or would you rather watch a team that's just a lockdown defensive team and scores in the 50s or 60s? How about Wyoming last year? Wyoming, I did a bunch of Wyoming games last year for ESPN. They were really hard to beat. They were really good. They were boring as can be. I did who wants to watch that, right? Exactly. And so, so by philosophy, BYU wants to push it. They want to be exciting, and they've won a lot of games that way. But what you can't have when you have that philosophy is you can't have inconsistency with multiple guys um, on the same night. And they've had that a couple of times this year. They don't usually have that. That's an aberration for BYU and for Dave Rose in this program. His philosophy has been sound. It's worked for 11 years. Um, it's just really unfortunate. They've had a couple of nights in games that they should match up well where multiple guys have off nights on the same night. I don't think BYU needs to change their philosophy. But, but Jeremy, you're right. You can't play at pace and then go down on defense and be really, really good defensively because the teams that are locked down defensive teams, they rest on offense. So they come down and they slow it down, and they use the shot clock, and they rest on offense, and they run a set in the last 9 to 10 seconds of the shot clock. So they rest 20 seconds and shoot it. That, that's how you do it. Very few teams run up and down the floor and score in the 80s and play lockdown defense. Only ones I can think of in a long, long time are like those old UNLV teams that were just so quick so athletic, and so, yeah. so deep that they would run down the floor, and then they'd go back, and they'd get their hands in the passing lanes, and they'd steal it, and they'd run back down the floor again. Outside of that, it's a philosophical thing, and I don't want Dave Rose to change one thing because he's been so unbelievably successful in that, in that philosophy. Blaine Fowler, always good stuff. You can see a double dose of Fowler awesomeness starting on Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 Mountain Time on BYU TV. He will call the game with Dave McCann from War Memorial Stadium. San Francisco, also on Saturday against Santa Clara. That game starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2 Mountain Time. Blaine, thanks for the time, my friend. Good to talk to you guys. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That last part of our discussion uh, speaks to a bigger philosophy, which is generally in basketball and football, the great defensive teams are the champions, right? BYU's unique uh, value proposition or whatever is we're going to run. That's going to be our competitive advantage. BYU football in the 80s, we're going to pass. We're going to do it different. When you don't have the high-level talent, you got to do something differently. Up next, big deal, no deal. The Cougars, 43rd in ESPN's big poll. BYU Sports Station, brought to you by the BYU Store, the authentic or the official outfitter, rather, of BYU fans everywhere. We welcome you back on a Tuesday. and it on has a been, Tuesday. It has been very opinionated and passionate. The topic today. Every day. That's true. Every day here. But there's some extra gusto to today's topic. Yeah, it's Tuesday. We're just waiting for ball games. <laughs> a little anxiety here. It's a Tuesday. We need Thursday. 
to get here. And yeah. then there will be a doubleheader on BYU TV. Yes! And Saturday as well. BYU against San Francisco. Doubleheader on BYU TV starting 8 Eastern Thursday. And then Saturday, 2 Eastern time, the women's team plays Santa Clara going for their 13th straight win. The men play Santa Clara on the road. 4 Eastern both on BYU TV. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines, starting with Lexi Rydalch of BYU Women's Basketball, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for a second consecutive week. BYU has taken that award five consecutive weeks. Rydalch averaged 29 points a game last week in two wins. The Cougars are currently four spots out of the AP Top 25 and a projected seven seed in ESPN's Bracketology. BYU football signee Caden Haas, always good to have a Haas on campus, right, will play a year before his mission. He's a center, could provide some uh, depth to the BYU O-line and BYU uh, number 43 in the FPI, Football Power Index, for ESPN. Men's volleyball stays at number three in the AVCA coaches poll. Jerem Jordan voted the number three in the off-the-block media poll. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette and the Dub Knicks are already in action. Jimmer! Let's get an update from the control room. At the half at the Wells Fargo Arena, the Iowa Energy Trail, the Dub Knicks, 56-44. Jimmer Fredette, four of eight shooting, 14 points, has yet to attempt a three. Double Back figures. To studio. Double figures for the Jimmer. So the Knicks, uh, Dub Knicks are down 15. Who cares? Uh, Jimmer has 14. That's uh, what we nope, care about. They're up. Oh, the it's Knicks 56, are up. 56 44, Dub Knicks. Back oh. to studio. Oh, back to you. Back to me. <laughs> Yeah, I can't hear. Apparently. Back to studio. Back to you. <laughs> Let's play big deal, no deal. Big deal. No deal. Deal pickles out. Let's go. Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment. Throughout the Western United States for over 65 years, Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Doesn't that look delicious, Jerem? Yeah, let's put it on a Christmas tree. That deal Since it's an pickle ornament. ornament. Let's get a Christmas tree in here. Oh, in December. shout out to Teddy Miner. Because why would you? The, uh, why, why would you do things? Ornament. Why would you do things before the season? Right there. What? Like why would you count down? I, I don't know. I don't, just let it be, okay? Because we're bored. Let's play big deal. No, the number one. Big deal. No deal. BYU men's hoop sits at seventy six in the RPI. I, I say big deal. You want to be higher at this point. Give yourself more of an at large opportunity. Seventy six is not going to get you into the tourney. So BYU's got some work to do to get that RPI closer to 50. I say no deal because there are six games left in the regular season. Let's see where BYU is in the RPI after this back six games. You're the same dude that showed up at the testing center on the last day and there was a huge line. You could show up up earlier and not have to have a big line and then you forgot your pencil and now you have to pay a quarter and then you you forget about that quarter and then like a year later they're like, oh, you have a quarter due here at the Hebrew Grand Test Center. I aced the test. Did you? Just like BYU basketball did getting into the NCAA tournament. Yes, because acing it's getting into Dayton. It's getting in, isn't it? Let's aspire higher. Is it getting in the tournament? Number two. Oh, my goodness. Big Dayton's deal, not an no A. deal. BYU ranked 43rd in ESPN's preseason football power index. No deal. 43 is not a super high number. I would say it's not uh, super low. I don't think it's anything to write home about, but it's not bad. I say no, no deal. deal. It's, it's how many days are we away from the college football season? Don't do the countdown yet. Who cares? Right now, we haven't just, even had spring ball yet. It doesn't matter how many how many fall. preseason football power index polls will there be over the next seven months? So much power, like, so much. Forty of the says forty three. They might say thirty one in five months if Taysom Hill's the quarterback. Who knows? True. Good point. Who knows? It's no deal right now. Number three. 
Big deal, no deal. Caden Haas chooses to play next year prior to serving an LDS mission. I'll go no deal. I was impressed with this film. He reminded me of Tijon Kroma in, in that he loves to pancake fools, which is take them off their feet and put them on the ground uh, as a center. I think he's a talented dude. Uh, freshman, typically hard to come in and make an impact, but Tijon Kroma was the exception. But I'll go no deal on this because I feel like, I feel like BYU has some depth at that position a little bit already. Really? You feel like they have depth there? Because, yeah, the, because they have some experienced guys as opposed to throwing in a – I mean, uh, who is it? Daw was the backup. He got some snaps against San Jose State. He played that entire game. As opposed to, hey, high school kid from Arkansas, super talented. We're not sure what you have. Now, now if Caden Haas comes in in August and just crushes it and he's Tijon part two, there you go. Well, I say this I'd, is I'd a big deal because I feel like you need more than two guys that can play center. More than two? Yes. You just need to. Well, and specifically, Steve Kafusi told us center is a spot that we want depth at. What, what position does BYU not want depth at? That's a great point. But Strong center, safety, we only two, need one dude. If you have two guys that can play center, <laughs> I think you need more than you that. You need two guys. I, no, you need. You're asking way too much at BYU to have three? Well, what is have, does Alabama have three? Do they have three right now? Do they have three right now? <laughs> there are three dudes that play center. Which sure, is yeah. why I think it's a big deal because you have three <laughs> capable guys. We have discussed this 30 seconds too long. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU women's hoops sits four out of the AP top 25. I'm surprisingly going to say no deal on this just because rankings, uh, don't, they just don't matter that much to college basketball anymore. RPI and Bractology have really taken over. Now, it's fun. It would be awesome if BYU women's hoops was ranked in the coaches poll next week, got ranked, because I think that they deserve it the way that they have played. But for now, because they're four out, they're not in. I'll go no deal. When they're in, I think that's a big deal, sure. I say this is a big deal because BYU is not already in the AP Top 25, which tells me nobody's seeing the West Coast Conference. It's, it's tough nationally to see women's hoops in the West Coast Conference. Like, it, it is. Our game, the games are on BYU TV, but it's some, who, are the, who's, who are the pollsters? You know what I mean? BYU's won 18 of 19 and 12 straight, including a win over Texas A&M, who's been in the top 25 all year. What else do they have to do to get in? But they're a seven in one of the bracketology things. That's way more impressive to me than being ranked in the top 25. Well, if you take seven seeds, there are four seven seeds. Times that by four, it's 28. And they're 29th-ish. So maybe they, I think they, they should be a six seed. Okay. Number five. Big deal, no deal. No meaningful football for six more months. Countdown to the Wildcats. With a wide open, under the sun, so nice. Really, you went to the Creed? You went to Creed? I'll show you everything. You just got Creed bombed, bro. BYU fans. You just got Creed bombed. Let me ask you this. Would you rather hear Jerem sing Creed or do the countdown? I think you may have like. Okay, how about Pearl Jam? Made everybody want the countdown. Hey! Who doesn't want the countdown after that? Please. Please tell me nobody wants this compared to the countdown. Please. You know what's good when the producer says, stop, in your ear. Jeff Judkins joins us. Are you ready? They should be ranked. Are you ready? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of this show live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thursday night, we'll be live from Provo in San Francisco. The women's team plays the Dons at 8 Eastern time on BYU TV. And then the men's team at 10 Eastern right after that uh, in San Francisco at War Memorial. Is it gymnasium, I believe? Oh, yeah, uh, not stadium. T- 
Gymnasium. No, no uh, venue in the West Coast Conference has ever been called a stadium uh, <laughs> before today. So, yeah, doubleheader Thursday night. Hey, we've got some Twitter response, Jerem, about whether people would hear Creed. Using Creed or whoever else you were, dude. I'm like honey bad, blasting out there, <laughs> or hear the countdown at a nail underscore twenty eight. Clearly, is delusional. He says I'd rather listen to Jerem sing Creed. No question. Yeah. At Melanie Olson says, as much as I love hearing Jerem Jordan sing Creed, I still want the countdown. Yeah, that's how pathetic the countdown is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> P. Norton weighs in. BYU fan choice. Number one, BYU sports. Number two, BYU Twitter. Number three, BYUSN. Number four, Jerem Jordan singing. I'm pretty high. Number 99, <laughs> countdown. Okay. Number 100. P. Norton's on my side. Dancing grannies. Shout oh out my to P. Norton. What up? Let's start our interview jamming with Juddy, with Jeff Judkins, the head basketball coach of BYU Women's Hoops. Coach, what would, you, what? Yeah, what would you yeah. rather hear? A countdown to the first football game every day or Jerem Jordan singing Creed like you just heard a moment ago? Boy, that's a hard call. Uh, <laughs> since he's here, I'm going to say him soon. Oh, wow. Shooter McJudkins. Wow. Shooter McJudkins. I'm a basketball coach, but uh, no, it's, I think having him sing probably. You're going to go back to the team room and be like, oh, man, Jerem should never sing again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was Creed and Pearl Jam. What, what's, your, what's your jam, by the way? What music do you like? Well, you're going to go back kind of the hard rock. It's probably Led Zeppelin's probably okay. for me. Oh, okay. You know, Eagles. Um, Elton John, you know, yeah, baby. Billy Joel, yeah, baby, James Taylor, a little bit. Oh, you like James Taylor? Like, I think one of the best soundtracks is Re- Remember the Titans. I mean, got some old good stuff. Yep. In fact, we Cat watched Stevens. that, yep. yeah, Cat Stevens. We watched that on the bus uh, over the weekend. It was pretty cool watching that and getting psyched up and hearing some of that music. Maybe you should watch that movie again because your team just destroyed St. Mary's for the first time in their gym since you joined the West Coast Conference by 21 points. You've now Ooh. won 12 in a row. Uh, simply, what, what's the best part of winning? Um, I think improving. I, I really think we've, we've gotten better every, every game. And uh, I kind of told you guys last week that sometimes going on the road is a good thing for a team because you're together, you're in the hotel, you're on a bus – you kind of you're you're kind of all focused on what what the task is at hand for you, and um, I thought that helped us. I really did. I think it helped us kind of just get away and figure out what we want to do as a team. And um, we played very well. We had a great weekend. I mean, we played good against Pacific, and then I think we played probably one of our best games against St. Mary's. Most things in life are push, push, push ahead to try and do your best in the future. Meanwhile, there's the present where it's, you, you don't always acknowledge what's going on. Are you taking time to, to enjoy this with the team or go, hey, we're playing really well right now. Like, let's, let's keep it up, but let's acknowledge what we're doing. Well, I don't think you can enjoy it as much as you would like because we got another game. You know? And I think you find out you play one great game and then here comes another one. And if you're not ready to play, you can get beat, especially in this league and especially at home. So... You know, we just have to be careful. We have to just be focused on what we're trying to do. And, yeah, are we excited? Yeah, there's no question. But, you know, we have a goal as a team, and that is to win a conference championship. And we have it now kind of in the picture. And we just have to focus and just take one game. San Francisco came in three years ago and beat us. So we need to be really ready to go. And uh, they cause a lot of problems. But um, we do match up pretty well with them. So 
Hopefully we can take care of business. BYU in the driver's seat to win the West Coast Conference regular season championship. One thing that BYU has absolutely taken care of over the past five weeks is winning the best individual of that uh, the week. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Either Lexi Rydolch or Kalani Purcell have been the West Coast Conference Player of the Week in six of the 13 weeks this season. Five straight. Like, what's what's going on with their individual performances? And winning helps. Don't get me wrong. If you lose two, you're not getting the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Yeah, I think winning, and I think they've both have played so well to help us win those games that it's been pretty, pretty obvious. And, um, you know, the sad part, we probably had three kids that could have won the award last week. Yep. Lexi, of course, had a great, great weekend. And McKenzie was lights out. Seven so, three-pointers against yeah. St. Mary's. And Kylie played really, really well. Uh, had double figures both games and really played solid. So, so really, it was kind of it was kind of hard to say who's – but I think, I think success and winning and playing your best basketball at the right time is really important. Who's going to win the Conference Player of the Week this week? <laughs> I hope one of us. If we, win, if we win these two games, I hope it'll be one of, uh, one of our girls. So you win, uh, you win some nice, you know, on Thursday you go and get a win. How do you keep that going on a Saturday to where you say, okay, we got a big win, we're on the road or we're at home, and we keep that good mojo going on that next game? Well, where you I, only have one day to prepare, really. Yeah, I, I don't think St. Mary's was a hard game to get prepared for. I mean, generally speaking. Up, but, but most games, like if you win a big game on Thursday and then you go play a team that you're supposed to win, how do you do it? A lot of it's your it's your it's your captain. It's 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 your leadership on the team. Um, I think I have a lot of girls that have had success in their career, and they they're used to winning. And I think they just come out and say, "We're going to be focused, and we're not going to let this bother us." And and I think sometimes it's a little bit easier on the road, as I told because you're with the team, and you know you're with the team, and you're talking about what you're trying to do. It's a little at home. You got more distractions. And uh, But, you know, we were pretty focused this weekend. You picked quite a weekend to uh, take that road trip to the Bay Area because the Super Bowl yeah. was in Santa Clara. Yeah. And, you, you, I mean, I heard you had a hard time finding a hotel. What oh, was yeah. that like? It was really hard, and we ended up getting a really nice hotel. And it was funny because the guy wants our business for the next few years. We, we get there in the bus, and the general manager comes out and welcomes me to, to the hotel and walks me to my room and says, hey, we want your business. We want you to come here. And he's looking pretty good right now because we won. So I'll probably <laughs> stay at that hotel next year. <laughs> the superstition kicked in? Yes, it does. It does a little bit. How, how is the tie game? We talked about you know ties. There's, you're wearing, are you wearing the same tie every game uh, during no, this winter? No, but I wore a tie that I've been very successful with Saturday. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of that way a little bit. So, I mean, I, I kind of have my suits and I kind of have my little thing. And my, my, and my coaches are the same way. It's not like I'm the only one. They kind of have their, their winning stuff. BYU projected seven seed in the approaching NCAA tournament. That, according to ESPN, we already mentioned four spots out of the top 25. Right now, if you were seeding your own team, try and be as unbiased as you possibly can. What seed do you think BYU would deserve right now if they were doing the seedings today? I would say a six or a seven. Um, I think what you said, we're 29th in the country or whatever. Our schedule, our strength of schedule has been really good. we got a good RPI. Uh, the worst number you want is eight or nine. That's the one you don't want. 
because you end up playing a number one seed team. And if you watch last night, there's a big difference between UConn and everybody else. Isn't that amazing? Well, he's he's got a lot of talented players, and he's a great coach, and they got a lot of savvy. They 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 believe they can win, you know. And um, you know, you watched last night. You watched four really good teams. If people got to watch it last night of women's basketball, and you know, UConn just ahead of everybody else right now. So, w- wouldn't that be a horrible thing? You get an eighth and ninth seed, and then you go play them the next the next game if you win that game. So, that's one you don't want to have. Juddy. We wish you the best of luck this week. Two home games. How about that? You go yeah. play four on the road, you're back home. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nice. We we got a really big weekend. This is San Francisco and Santa Clara are two really good teams. We've got to be ready to go. All right, my man. Hey, good thanks, luck. guys. Go get it done. Okay, we will. Winners of 12 Listen straight. Listen to Creed before BYU the game Thursday night. <laughs> and watch Remember the Titans for that matter. <laughs> Keep it going, man. The superstition train is rolling. Up next... We put a bow on this show. Do we have another update from Jimmer, perhaps, on the way? BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's basketball. Lexi Rideouts is Women's Hoops, West Coast Conference Player of the Week, after averaging 29 a game last week in two wins. Football. BYU football signee Caden Haas will play a year before his mission. He plays center, could provide some depth to the BYU O-line. Also, the Cougars number 43 in ESPN's preseason football power index. Volleyball. Brigham stays at number three in the latest ABCA coaches poll. Jimmer. Jimmer. Fredette and the Dub Knicks in action this morning against the Iowa Energy. Let's get another update. The Knicks are up 5, 56-51 in the third quarter. Jimmer still with 14 points shooting. 500 from the field. boy, Jimmer. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And of course, it goes to the one Lexi Rydalch. West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Again, BYU on top, pacing for a regular season championship. How would you best describe BYU men's basketball's tournament chances? At Josh M. Matson. Actually, let's go to the elite tweet of the day. At JTracy2511. I'm singing, and I'm not a skinny woman. It's over. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks to our guests today. Blaine, oh. Bell, and Jeff Judkins. They were great. It's not over, Jay Tracy. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy I'm Spencer, shout out to Garner Meads. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow. With arms wide open.